0: told uh, his family that like he just never made the weekend trip. It was grand. No bother.
1: Anyway. Wait, we get into a Welcome to the Survival Podcast for people who take movies too seriously. We survive the apocalypse, so you don't have to. I'm Johnny. And I'm Shane. And this week, Halloween may be over, but we are still determined to have a nice, peaceful stay in a cabin in the woods. I- again. Again, yeah, we did that last week too. I was very tempted not to do Cabin in the Woods this week and just do another, like do another Evil Dead movie or do another film set, a, like do Cabin Fever. Yeah. Anything to put off watching Cabin in the Woods again. <laughs> um, I joke, I joke. I had I had never seen it. so Oh, had you? Experience it now. Oh, I thought we talked. To- oh, I, I was just full sure you'd seen it before. For some reason, I thought we had even uh, talked about the film before. I was dead sure you'd seen it. Do
0: you know what? You might have told me about it before. <laughs> and I probably at the time, however long ago, it was went, oh, I'd probably never watch it.
1: <laughs> Maybe. Because I knew... But you would have known Joss Whedon was involved. So like, yeah. you'd have been more inclined to see that than any other horror movie I would have taught you about. Yeah, I don't know why. I just didn't... <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But before we get into... Uh, the episode i do want to remind it was some uh bunker keeping as i called it last week i just want to remind people the tape cast because i'm not going to let the I, I just want to make sure people are aware of it tape cast we talked about it a little last week so we're not going to go into it we mainly talked about it on the edge of tomorrow episode though that's where we go into detail and we're still just trying to gauge interest i'm going on about it again just so as we can decide what we're going to do very soon and we can like Put a nail on it one way or the other so if you're interested tape cast we're going to do a, a one-off physical release well hopefully not one-off uh, of the the wasteland survival guide basically a special episode you listen to when the nukes drop that you can play on a on a cassette player and uh, it'll also be digital download too it'll be a qr code but yeah we just want to gauge interest and by that i mean if we were to start a Kickstarter or something like that as our version of like a pre-order, would you pledge not just would you like, cause I have heard gotten some feedback where people are just like, Oh yeah, Tipcast, Great idea. And I realized, Oh yeah, but I didn't actually mention that. Like what, I, what we're really trying to ask is would you pledge money to a Kickstarter <laughs> or something like that? Cause we need a, a means <laughs> to release it. Uh, so if we don't get enough interest for something like that, then it will just be a Patreon exclusive and it'll be cheaper and we'll probably wait a couple of months yeah so let us
0: know on twitter twitter or even instagram not really facebook yeah don't let us know on facebook we never really don't have facebook.
1: facebook anymore so it's been like three years since i've seen anything on the disaster yeah,
0: page I check the private messages maybe once a week once every two weeks but that's about it. No, no.
1: well the last time you told me about you 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 told me about a message we had on facebook you hadn't checked it in like six months and it was a message that was, to, so yeah as a result i've checked yeah yeah it. there was a message from somebody about like what was it somebody writing a tv show for like fucking a and e or something wasn't it yeah 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 like research and survival scenarios we we should message that person back i did and um... They haven't even seen my reply, and that was June, and it's now. Yeah, but I guess when you're six months late. But like they said, did you you replied to the message as supposed to email and because they sent an email address? Yeah, yeah, they
0: did yeah I think I emailed them as well. The
1: Alright, well we'll do it again. Forward me that email. I'll fucking start hounding them. I'm I'm good at breaking people down. <laughs> but yeah, let us know on Twitter or Discord if you want to join Discord. Just check links in the description. We have a link tree to everything. But yeah, we're not. We probably won't mention it after this. Uh, the, the interest we hear after this episode will tell us enough, I figure. And yeah. we're going to do it either way. But yeah, if there's not enough people interested, we'll just make it a Patreon exclusive. And of course, speaking of Patreon, if you want to support us there, you can head over to Patreon. .com forward slash disaster artists. We upload some bonus content there. We've done a few apocalypse watch episodes. We haven't actually done one recently. We should do that. We should do one next month. Um, and we do off topic episodes and some bonus topics exclusive to Patreon. There's, we, we were very bad or let's be honest, I was very bad at actually putting shit on there for like the best part of a year, <laughs> but it's starting to get better. So if you join up now, you would at least, if you're a new user, you would at least have like a good back catalog of stuff. And then once you've listened to that, you can cancel it and then like wait till the bills pack up and then join up again. That's the best way to use Patreon for, for everybody. Just so as you know. Yeah. Uh, and if you want to support us, but are happy with the free content and don't give a shit about Patreon, you can review us on Apple podcasts, podcast addicts, Stitcher, Amazon podcast, audible, or whatever app you listen to. Uh, I think they're the main ones where you can review. Do you actually? Do you know of any like Podbean? You can't review people on, can you? Um, you can yeah, yeah. Oh, can you? you? Can, yeah,
0: yeah. I was looking at it today. Actually, it's funny. Oh,
1: okay. Well, then Podbean as well. And did I say Stitcher? Yeah, Stitcher. Yeah, you, and yeah, yeah. Spotify. You can, can't you? No, I don't think you can on Spotify, or maybe on Spotify, I think maybe you can rate, but not review. But um, rating is is what's important anyway. The review is just an extra for for us, really. Like once you rate us five stars. Specifically, uh, I think the the rating is what matters most on Apple, anyway. Yeah, but I'm not sure if reviews really matter. But it's always nice to read them. It's definitely nice to read them. And, and speaking of which, do you wanna do you want to hear a few? We went through some last week.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It gives one or two. Of uh,
1: these are going to be really quick ones because um, we don't have many. <laughs> but also, I'm just using Podcast <laughs> Addict for these, where it was a mix last week. Eric Edge. Uh, writes, fantastic premise, great show, ideas, and on and off topic humor. So he likes when we fucking talk shite, essentially. I genuinely love every episode, even if it's on a topic which I am unfamiliar. Keep up the great work. That's actually something a lot of people have said, that they listen to episodes yeah. that they haven't seen the movie, and they're just like, yeah, yeah, I like the boys, so. I find I that to it. just mind-blowing. I'll do one or two more. So uh, Tyson writes... One of the best movie pods out there. How this thing isn't bigger is a mystery to me, and I agree. I would fuck it fucking should yeah. be massive. That's actually something I think in one of the reviews I read to you last week, somebody said the same thing. That it deserves yeah. more attention. Yeah, I know. I, <laughs> me too. <laughs> I remember, like, one of the earliest reviews said, like, the next big podcast yeah <laughs> how how wrong were they <laughs> i must track down that user because i remember seeing that review and it was probably only like a year or two in and i was like oh we could be we could be the next like not the next rogan obviously but like last last podcast on the left maybe yeah yeah, yeah I that thought. that level I, I thought we'd be there by now that level there's a few more uh most of them are just, uh, what, what, and I guess this is kind of good. A lot of reviews just kind of describe, like this review just says, great chat about disaster movies, maybe include The Day After Tomorrow. And that's it, which is Yeah, right. I love that stuff. <laughs> we're, we're definitely going to do The Day After Tomorrow eventually. But a lot of them are like that where to kind of just explain the, like the next one is a great podcast, been listening since year one. and Yeah, and it just goes on to like describe the... The podcast for people which is a good way to review people uh, review a podcast because yeah. obviously our we have our own podcast description when when people search us but sometimes when you see a reviewer kind of like give a an explanation to what it actually is i don't know it's kind of i kind of prefer seeing that if i'm going to listen to something like when yeah, reviews no. kind of describe the the style they're they're better at a listener is better at describing the style than like you the creator who's trying to sell people something yeah but um anyway i won't i won't go through anymore because if i do i'll be cheating and going back most oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh but there's some recent ones send us more and we'll read out more and make them funny but if you're too lazy to review us and you still want to support us and you want something in return instead uh, you can support us by uh signing up to a 30-day trial of audible at www.audibletrial.com forward slash disaster artists uh you can cancel after that you get free book in return jeff bezos gives us some money and uh eventually we'll go to space <laughs> everybody wins <laughs> yeah and it's pretty handy so i love audible so. audible is great are you listening to anything on audible at the moment
0: i am i am i uh... I'm listening to the same book I was the last day we recorded. Yeah, we,
1: we we're we're recording this episode like five days after the last one by yeah. way, people. Just um, so you know.
0: I haven't decided if I really like it or not yet, you know, so I'm not sure if I want to endorse that particular book. I'm giving out a bit more a few more chapters. I and they also have like kinda of audio plays and different things as well, as well, which are really cool. Um some, some good product. we were talking about Sandman there last week who's fantastic. Um I've I've really enjoyed I had just finished um two books into the foundation series and they're really well done sorry
1: uh one i'm actually like i'm reading it physical book because it's what i have and it's just one of my favorite books and i love fucking reading it but it is on audible is day of the triffids which is such a great halloween read Uh, especially because it's like sci-fi horror probably more sci-fi it's post-apocalyptic sci-fi it's fantastic i think yeah, I think as I'm reading it, this is like my third or fourth time reading it, and I think now I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think this is my favorite book ever. I only realized that on this read, but it's so good. Um, so I'd recommend that. But uh, yeah, speaking of Halloween, I guess we'll move into our Halloween episode. We just we've established you hadn't actually seen it yeah. until when did you watch it last night? Night before um, Monday, yeah. Monday night. So, uh, what 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 did you think? Uh, it
0: was um. Yeah, it's it's just a bit
1: meh. I
0: think it's a very clever concept, but the script thinks it's far cleverer than it is.
1: That is exactly what I, I thought, With Now, I think we have to be careful, though. Yeah. Because I think uh, criticizing The Cabin in the Woods is like going after J-pop. That, you know you would just upset a lot of people because yeah. i put out a tweet a few weeks ago looking for recommendations for like halloween what, what people would like to hear for halloween episodes and the only response was cabin in the woods <laughs> there was a few other ones but literally like 95 percent of people that replied were like oh cabin in the woods there's one person in particular i think i think she left three separate comments <laughs> recommending <laughs> that we do cabin in the woods um, so... Well, no, like,
0: with that said, I thoroughly enjoyed it. But I felt...
1: No, I think it's a, it's an incredibly enjoyable film. I felt it just missed, it missed some
0: potential, and there were some bits I just wanted more from, you know, and, um, but I suppose they were restricted by budget a little bit, and things like that. And
1: yeah, yeah.
0: it's kind of a weird movie, because it's one of those movies that went through, like, developmental hell, and then it didn't get released to, like, nearly three years after they filmed yeah. it and stuff like that. And so Chris Hemsworth's like a little skinny boy in it. And
1: <laughs> it's Chris Hemsworth's like isn't it his first like role in an American movie? Yeah, and he has a really bad American accent in it. Yeah, stuff, yeah. But but, but yet yeah, it comes out when he's like one of the biggest movie stars in the world because he played Thor.
0: Yeah, and apper- apparently there were some producers in common and when they saw the scenes of him in this or he he acted or whatever, when they saw his scenes from this they're like he's our Thor like,
1: he, I think it's he got Red Dawn on the back they saw that's right yeah the scene of him giving or like telling people when shit goes to, when the shit hits the fan in the film there's a scene where he kind of like takes control and they, sh- they saw the dailies from that yeah. shoot from that day and were like oh yeah he's perfect for Red Dawn and then based on Red Dawn he got Thor
0: yeah. so like his career I still haven't seen that version of Red Dawn I must watch it
1: but one scene in his first film that almost didn't get released is responsible for him being one of the biggest movie stars in the world. Like,
0: it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, like he's worth a couple hundred million now as a result of this movie.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: Well, I suppose that just shows he had the charisma to to become that guy. I suppose that's it was he got by in charisma, so. If it wasn't going to be this movie, it was going to be another one.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I always knew. I I'm very familiar with his work from Home and Away. <laughs> I remember uh, Home and Away for listeners outside of Ireland, UK, and Australia is an Australian. I was going to say sitcom. What do you call it? It's soap it's opera. opera. Yeah. That Chris Hemsworth was in, and I'm I I've seen like most episodes that aired between like 1998 and 2005 because my ma and my brother watched it religiously. (laughs) So it was just on at like six o'clock every fucking weekday. And I hated it so much, but still like just knew every character and every plot line.
0: (laughs) While you're standing there making a sandwich or whatever they're watching. watching. (laughs) It was
1: usually like just after dinner. Oh, sorry. Yeah. 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 Or Jorn, like like if dinner was late, like, well, we have to turn the TV on and watch Home and Away while we eat. (laughs) Oh, yeah. <laughs> I even remember his character's name was Kim. I'm pretty sure his name, his character's name was Kim. That's really funny. Sorry. Putting Kevin in the woods. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I think it is a, an enjoyable film. I think a lot, what bothered the, the only thing that really bothered me with it is like some of that fucking Joss Whedon dialogue.
0: Yeah. It's, it's very Joss
1: Whedon-y, isn't it? You can tell what's like, cause, uh, Joss Whedon and Drew Goddard, Goddard, yeah, uh, they co-wrote it, and I have a feeling that they didn't sit down and like write together, but they went and wrote. I I feel like Joss Whedon wrote all the scenes set in the lab, yeah, definitely, and the director wrote all the actual cabin stuff, yeah, because uh, it just feels like his Joss Whedon talking it doesn't feel like characters talking it feels like him joss whedon's yeah. one of those writers and directors where he's never actually created a character in his life he's just had versions of him talking to each other yeah. in like what's your man who writes uh the west wing and all that he done um oh yeah his name's on Sorry, my tongue
0: a... um oh, iron sorkin.
1: sorkin yes and i i love the west wing And the West Wing has, like, a lot of good actors, so they kind of can create characters. Has an
0: actor from this, isn't it?
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But but Aaron Sorkin, like, if you watch any of his movies or his TV shows, it's just Aaron Sorkin having an argument with a fictional person. And he's just writing. He just puts two characters into an argument to have an argument on screen. And one of them is just like an avatar for him. And they just sound like him and they speak like him. Tarantino is a little in some cases Tarantino can be like that. He has his characters go on tangents where they become him for like five mm. minutes in a scene. Kevin Smith's another one. Actually. Yeah, big time. Yeah. But I think Joss Whedon is just the most obvious because he's always trying to be so clever about it and it just sounds like it's just him speaking.
0: But also a huge chunk of this movie is straight out of like season four of Buffy. <laughs> The Vampire Slayer. It's the whole concept of this facility that's kind of scientists and military, and they have oh, really monsters in cages, and it's a whole oh. season arc story. Well, and so jumping we ahead, probably whole we should, thing where they break out, and it's the exact same. Anyway. So
1: we should probably go into the plot for people who might be listening to this, have yeah. not watched the film, as we've established, some people do. Yeah. Uh, well, do you want to? Yeah. We're so gonna...
0: I was going. I was going there. Yeah. So just uh, similar kind of many horror movie things, which I the whole time your voice is in the back of my head as I was watching this, which was like who, because we were talking about um, evil dead and the whole thing was mm-hmm. who, nowadays in the modern day, what group of college students go off and stay in a cabin in the woods? Oh yeah, yeah. And that voice is just in the back of my head the whole time watching this. I was like, but, but you wouldn't do this. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. they had this whole campervan van thing. And I was like, you just, Go to the beach in the camper van. Why? Why are you going up the mountains
1: into the woods? Yeah. Why do it's you like, need a cab? You're going to a cabin in the woods. Why do you even need a camper van? You have a place yeah, yeah. to sleep.
0: But it, I, it's because the writers wanted to have a, um, a an homage to the Hills of ice That's the only reason.
1: That's exactly <laughs> like, it.
0: Like there's no other reason. There's a camper.
1: But anyway, in fairness to them, they do give a reason. That's like, well, both of Chris Hemsworth's character and his friend like dirt riding dirt bikes, so they're bringing their bikes. Yeah. And I guess it would be harder to transport them in a car. So if you Probably. have access to an RV, you might as well bring the RV. But, but that clearly is invented to have the homage to Hills have Eyes. Yeah, so a group of friends, five friends. Unlike uh, <laughs> Evil Dead, it's
0: three guys and two girls this time, rather than yes, two right. guys and three girls. And
1: Is they... that more realistic? Or... Yeah, I think so. I don't know. Is this well, like, is a single guy more inclined to go to be the third wheel, or well, I guess in this case, fifth wheel? I don't think it matters. It could be that way with any group of friends. <laughs> it
0: could go either way.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Um,
1: I feel like it's more likely to be a man. Okay. I'm <laughs> just just saying.
0: Yeah. The so they go off to it's Chris Hemsworth's character. He's the kind of big jock guy but he's a bit more intellectual and he's doing whatever he's a philosophy major and all this kind of stuff and tim his girlfriend his friend
1: his girlfriend who has just dyed her hair blonde which is important because it's our first hint that this is a a satire or something of our movies because she's a college she's like studying medicine or whatever but suddenly she's just decided the dire hair blonde, and she looks a bit more like your typical blonde from a horror movie. Chris Hemsworth is introduced as a jock, but straight away we learn that oh, he's actually like on a academic scholarship, and yeah, um, he's going to be a, a biologist.
0: And his two best friends are not like guys off the football team or
1: whatever they're his, actually... his best friend is the stoner nerd yeah yeah. That he that like in other movies he would like be flushing his head down the toilet yeah exactly and then it's his girlfriend's
0: friend who is a bit more she's kind of the, the innocent girl or in this she's the virgin archetype is the whole thing yeah and she has a crush on his friend and they're all trying to set them up together or nothing. so they go off anyway to the cabin in the woods, and it's to the whole thing. It's he. He says it's his cousin's cabin, and his cousin had bought this cabin. Yeah, um, and like it kind of just comes from over. So anyway, they go off the cabin. They stop for they stop for fuel, and this guy's like, "Oh, you don't want to go up to that cabin, you know." Real typical thing, creepy guy. <laughs> and then they get there. And, also racist. Yeah. <laughs> and then they get there, and it's just kind of a normal cabin stuff. And then they do the exact thing from Evil Dead, which is the cellar door flips up exactly the same in yeah yeah and they go into the cellar but rather than just finding one book and um a weird ritual knife or whatever there's all sorts of stuff down there there's photographs there's jewelry there's old reels of film there's diaries there's, there's an old puzzle box yeah there's um, a cursed doll there's, there's a like... conch like a, a seashell that if you blow in it it will make the sound like a sound and all that kind of stuff Yeah, there's, there's loads of different stuff it's
1: it's pretty much yeah just like artifacts from every horror movie yes yeah. just in this space
0: and they kind of rummage through them and then the uh <laughs> I hate to call her it but the virgin girl or whatever finds this book and it's a diary of a little girl and her talked about her father like torturing her whole family and all this kind of stuff and then there's a Latin phrase and the stoner dude is like don't read the Latin like <laughs> yeah. seriously well, don't do it
1: um, and before that, when the cellar door pops open, Chris Hemsworth's character goes, "Oh, it must have been the wind," which is an exact line from Evil Dead. And the stoner character is just like, "Wait, how does that make sense?"
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> like, how, I mean. how is there wind in the basement and not the rest of the house? Yeah, uh, uh, but sorry, go on.
0: Yeah, so basically, the, whole, the setup of the movie is that it's a whole homage to Evil Dead, but then it kind of evolves beyond that. And yeah. at the same time, we're seeing um these group of scientists in like, it seems to be like a, like a bunker, like a, where, like
1: a research facility kind of.
0: Yeah. Or nearly the sort of place where the, you think you imagine the president launches the nukes from, you know, it's that kind of yeah, yeah. facility. That's and, exactly what it looks like. Um, And they're under a lot of pressure for their project or whatever. And then you very quickly find out that it's connected to this group of college students and the cabin. Yeah. And then, they're watching when when they're
1: driving away from their college dorm in the rv the camera pans up to the roof of their dorm or it's not dorm but anyway and we see that there's like a cia looking guy on the roof and he says into his ear pierce this car goes on the move or whatever yeah like so we're aware you the viewer are aware straight away that like this isn't just the evil dead yeah, there's something else at Rehashed. play. Rehashed. There's something else at play here. I, in one way, I
0: was really surprised they played it that way. Because going into the movie, I knew there was this, from parodies and stuff, like even from, um, like, Robot Chicken and stuff, I'd seen parodies of it and stuff. So I yeah. knew there was this whole thing with the facilities and, and this, they're being watched. or Like, I knew there was but, you, but did
1: you know the ultimate? No, 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 I didn't uh, know it. Okay. Yeah, but, but it's, I knew so like... So that's not even a spoiler, because in, like, 20 minutes watching the film, you know something else is at play. But I didn't know
0: that that's how the film was going to play. You know what I mean? You thought thought that
1: was the twist? twist. Yeah,
0: yeah. I thought that was, like, the last 20 minutes of the movie.
1: Okay, but same question, so...
0: So I was really surprised that it went in that they basically show
1: you that straight away, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But they don't, they don't so, spoon feed it to you either. Like they, so what did you think that the, we'll just call them the corporation to make things yeah, easier. Yeah. What did you think the corporation were doing for the first, like half an hour?
0: Oh, it was obvious that they were, have, had to sacrifice these kids for whatever
1: reason. So you thought it was like a sacrifice. Yeah, yeah, of some kind. Yeah. Okay, you see, I, I like when I was watching for the first time, I thought it was either my first thing was, oh, okay, so they're like running some like sinister reality show for like billionaires to watch. Oh, Okay, <laughs> or they, it's a uh, they're going to do a really, it's a really accurate. They want to do a simulation of like a apocalyptic, a zombie apocalyptic event, but they're doing it for real, so they've created a fake scenario to. Yeah, I and honestly I kind of think that might have been a that that's a good idea for a film but anyway, I I didn't
0: expect it to be actually supernatural. Yeah. Sorry. Um and then I thought the very end twist would be that it would be supernatural but maybe the guys in the facility didn't know that. You know what I mean? That's
1: Yeah. That's yeah.
0: kind of where I thought it was going to go that they were so so when the the, which they come back is it's the what is it what is it they describe them as the tort tor- zombie torture uh hillbilly, hillbilly. families or something yeah. Yeah. um i thought they were going to be like actors or robots or something
1: Um yeah like i thought it was going to be that they they had created like zombies like you know that they had the virus that might eventually be unleashed yeah, yeah. by like the chinese or something so they yeah. wanted to test how they could combat it in a real life scenario. Yeah. Now, obviously, like the moment where we see the corporation looking at other live feeds from other from their like partners in other countries doing similar similar yeah. stuff, then that's the moment we're like, oh, OK, so this is actually a sacrifice. Yeah. And so that's the we're jumping to the end just to let people know they haven't seen it. It turns out that this company has it's not a company, but they've been working for like centuries sacrificing people to keep ancient gods at bay, essentially. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And um, I like, there's some really clever foreshadowing and stuff in the movie as well. Like there's this opening shot where they, the only way to get to the cabin is to to go through a a tunnel Mm. in a mountain. And I was like, oh, that's a clever way of doing rather than a bridge, which is in evil dead is it's a bridge that collapses. And I was like, okay, there'll be obviously it's going to be cave in there and they can't leave. And then the, the CGI bird goes into, like, a force field. <laughs> and I that's was great. like,
1: oh, that's hilarious. That's really funny. And that's paid off. Like, that's and, one of the best parts of the films. That's I, paid off so well there. And it
0: builds for so long. Because you know as well.
1: Oh, you know. Like, yeah. Like, you know what's going to happen. It's brilliant. Um, and that's the thing. Like, Joss Whedon. Like, I, again, I don't know which of them wrote what scenes. Like. I, I t- like, I can give him, like, credit for... It. He's really good at building on stuff he establishes really yeah, early yeah. on. He, like, like, he he's one of those writers, like, he writes from the end and backwards. Yeah.
0: He's, like, the opposite of J.J. J. Abrams. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah That's dude. true, yeah, yeah, because everything's paid off. Even though, like, I, I, I stopped watching... B- Not that I stopped watching Buffy, but I just kind of fell out of it. Yeah. I just forgot about it. But, like, I remember, like, watching those, like, first four or five seasons. And everything's paid off in them even if you they make you wait like and build up your anticipation but they don't leave anything unanswered and it's just yeah really well written like that
0: yeah you've no you're never left going wait what happened what was this about
1: yeah yeah or they don't like just forget oh this story wasn't working it didn't test well so we'll just forget about it
0: yeah if that if that's the case then they'll just conclude that and go on with another story yeah
1: They'll find some... They'll change the direction and wrap it into another storyline or something. Yeah, yeah. They won't just drop it, which a lot of shows, especially in that period, like X-Files done that a lot, where they just dropped shit yeah. because it wasn't working <laughs> out. And you was just like, wait, what What happened to that character who was going to do... They just... He disappeared, but he was, like, going to save the world, and now he doesn't exist anymore. What's <laughs> happening here? Well, uh, that doesn't matter. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, anyway, they end up... The the college season end up raising this... Uh zombie
1: redneck torture family or whatever they're called yeah and a real b-grade sort of horror movie like the type of the scenario they end up getting is like what i remember like back in the day we had blockbuster on in the horror section there'd always be like bottom shelf straight to dvd horror movies yeah <laughs> and they were all this where it was like a cannibal family yeah coming back as zombies i did have some ex-porn star like jenna jameson would be in it <laughs> like it was those type of movies
0: i remember a friend of mine his parents bought it was a big thing in like i'm gonna say early 2000s where when you bought a dvd player it came with like 150 dvds uh,
1: that's exact. yes yes i and remember was, that they're the same type of movies, kind of movies
0: yeah. and I, oh, I must try and find it we watched one night we basically went through them and like which one looks the worst. Let's watch that. And as I look at it now, that would be a great podcast actually to just get one of those collections and go through. Oh it. yeah, it would because like
1: it's, it's those so hard films hard. are so are so forgotten about that you wouldn't even get them online. You'd need the DVDs. Also, remember, I I remember I we had the ones we had. They were uh, double sided DVDs. Yeah, yeah. Like which they were the only time I ever saw double sided DVDs was on these like yeah. hundred and fifty. Oh, there's some good ones there. But anyway, you were gonna say something but I remember watching this
0: terrible one that was like some essentially it was like a sci fi supernatural movie. So it was this opening was like people in the distant future who were trying to send someone back in time to figure out what happened at some event and the event they went back to was like the rapture (laughs) had happened and stuff it was just ridiculous and the whole thing was that there was this like new politician who got became president and he was like a really nice guy but clearly he was meant to be like the devil and all this kind of stuff and then they were rounding up people and like burning them in furnaces and then how the people survived the burning was they started praying and then the flames didn't hurt them and all of it was just the stupidest movie ever and it was clearly paid for by some like millionaire evangelicist group you know it was just uh who some guy who like probably read a bunch of l ron holbert books but he was still a christian you know it's just um It was just. Well, no, it was probably some
1: minister raised it from his congregation to make this religious movie, but he pocketed 90% of it and (laughs) gave over like a million to the the company to make the film, but he kept nine. Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) Because he needed a private jet to go to the premiere. Or
1: it was just like money laundering schemes.
0: Which a lot of those, a lot of those movies are, yeah, they're basically just, it's just mob money, like, kind of. Texas
1: Chainsaw Massacre was a, was a money laundering scheme, Brilliant. like, yeah. <laughs> Not the actual film itself, but the release. Oh, wow. Yeah, like, a, a company bought that and released it. They only released it in, like, grindhouses and drive-thru cinemas, where, like, it was easier to hide what money was coming in and that. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it pled for, like, seven or eight years like yeah i'm not going to go into it but uh look up look up about uh texas chance of massacre oh, I was, the uh, good.
0: cinemas are a great one for that i had a friend i had a guy i worked with years ago and when he was a teenager he worked in like a cinema in the 90s and the guy who owned the cinema would come in every night none of them were allowed to cash out the tills and while they were cleaning he'd go like till to till And he'd basically just put through a bunch of extra transactions and stuff. Yeah, and and like they all knew, like all the staff were like teenagers, just making popcorn. Like, and they all knew what he was doing. It's Um, clever. Yeah, it's very clever.
1: Especially you think, well, drive-throughs—it's so easy to hide where the money's coming through because there's no real capacity. It's yeah, not like yeah. we, have 50, we have 50 seats in this screen and 100 in the other. It's just like as many cars and then like people can come in and just stand in the background. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's just like, it's a yeah, great way can't for for it. Our tip but that's the, the whole way. reason in, in Breaking Bad that they've done the the car wash.
0: Yeah, it's brilliant. It's very smart. Um, any service is a good way to do it. Yeah. Um, do, you do, you remember, do you remember when podcasts? I was... Um... If
1: anybody, any mobsters out there want to uh, launder some money through uh, uh, the 7th, best survival podcast <laughs>
0: according to screen rant but johnny do you remember when uh, we were in college and i had that house where uh, you, you shared my bed with me sometimes and then um, down the road there opened a vhs repair center <laughs> do you remember I that
1: don't, i don't remember this at all
0: where we used to walk down and get the bus from that house and oh, there, that's was like, back now, there was like there was like an old an old house had been converted to, say, a shop front, like, 50 years ago, and then someone took it over, and they turned it into a VHS repair center in, like, 2008. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Fucking hell. Like, that'd make more sense now, because you were like, oh, I guess maybe it's retro
2: now, yeah. but in
1: 2008, where, like, like Blu-ray isn't even out yet. or Well, it is out, but it's not, like, adopted 41. over DVD. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Yeah, that's fucking crazy. That, yeah, that was definitely a money laundered scheme. Yeah. <laughs> or was it just some old guy who had been his dream to start a VHS repair shop since the 1980s and <laughs> only now did he have the finances? <laughs> and he was just like, damn it, I'm not going to die before I open my VHS repair shop. Yeah, I'm dying on this hill. Okay. <laughs> yeah, um... they're coming back. They're going to come back. <laughs> you can't even rewind DVDs. Yeah, this is a better quality. <laughs> Imagine arguing that they're better quality, and you don't need to, and and you can't even rewind DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> but which you a, can, obviously, a... you can. But <laughs> but that's everyone's
0: favorite part about VHS: is having to rewind it at the end before they return the movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you just like the feeling of rewinding it and knowing that you're uh, bringing it back to the beginning. Yeah. With somebody else, <laughs> which nobody ever done. So anyway. Well, okay, so a question. Uh, just going back to the start of the film, his cousin, to go into his cousin's cabin, as we said. Yeah. What do you think the story is there? Do you think, th- does the cousin exist? Does he actually have the cabin? Like, how do they come across? Because we now know that the corporation set up the cabin and set up all these scenarios. So I, how does Chris Hemsworth's character come to be going there?
0: I, It's the one... Least answered question in the whole movie, and then it's even a joke at the very. It's like the last line of the movie or something, isn't it? It's one of the last.
1: Do you think he even had a cousin or something like that? Yeah, somewhere? it's something like
0: oh, I don't think he even had a cousin. And it's like, but then
1: how did he? Yeah,
0: yeah, and all I can think is, did he get an email from someone who claimed to be his like, you know, if I had a cousin called Johnny and inserts her surname, surname <laughs> yeah, okay. and then I got an email from from you. Saying, "Oh man, I just bought a, this cabin. Like, use it anytime you want. Let me know." And then I reach out and be like, "Oh, would it be free on like whatever?"
1: But you probably would. You'd if you did get that email, you'd be like, "Well, this is clearly either a scam or I'm going to be sex trafficked." <laughs> like, yeah. There's no... you know, like, like, oh, like, but that's like all oh,
0: like I could think it was, you know, how did you find out about this?
1: Um... Now to do establish in the film, so this the the corporation is ha, has had their sights on this group of college kids very early, probably for the last year. I yeah. Been they've been, on them. they've been handpicked to be. Yeah. Cause we learned, we learned that Chris Hemsworth's girlfriend who dyes her hair blonde, uh, the hair dye she uses also, uh, releases pheromones to make her more horny, essentially to, and, and to turn her and... into, yeah. To, yeah, to turn her into the classic horror movie bimbo. But so obviously from that, that, well, like there was obviously uh, an undercover agent in the college who befriended her, who said, Oh, you'd look really good blonde. I dyed my hair blonde once. I used this dye here. You you know, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, So there probably is a, maybe there's just a fake, like a guy introduces himself to Chris Hemsworth. He's like, Oh, you're from Michigan. I'm from Michigan too. I'm cousins with such and such. And, then he's like, oh, I know I'm cousins with that. That'll make that's really, you know, like there's yeah, some yeah, scenario exactly. like
0: that. Yeah. That's the only way. Yeah. Actually, that's probably the most logical thing is that it's it's someone he thought was his cousin.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But they're definitely like set the groundwork that there must be people in their college that are undercover. Yeah, or just in their lives every, every day. Yeah, lives, in whatever, yeah. whatever way. But based yeah. on the fact that, because we, at the start of the film, we hear like that she's just dyed her hair blonde. And later we hear one of the technicians in the corporation's lab mention the chemicals are going to do this and this. Yeah. So you assume, well, she had to get that information. She, she had to be egged on to dye her hair by somebody and be given the specific hair dye by somebody. So I just assume yeah to have agents undercover.
0: Yeah. Oh no, definitely. Um, and it's it's hinted at. Actually, it seems to almost be a, the uh, one of the only lost story threads is, um, the main girl. Um, at the start, she's drawing one of her professors or something.
1: She had a a relationship with her professor. Yeah,
0: yeah. and then so she's not
1: actually a virgin. That's and that's yeah. mentioned later. That it's like, it's yeah. more about
0: it's it's a uh, character like... type rather than yeah yeah and. It's but she's drawing, and then her friend like that's literally the opening of their char- inter character introduction. She's drawing her a picture of her professor, and then her friend is like, "Get rid of that picture. You need to get over him and all this kind of stuff." And then it's kind of hinted later on that one of the the older technician guy was the professor
1: or something. It was just
0: a slight hint.
1: I thought, is it? I oh, I completely missed that.
0: I thought maybe I just inter- interpreted it wrong. But, you know, it's going ahead later on in the movie. But anyway, they end up going through the the facility and then he escapes through like a tunnel and she meets him in the tunnel and she stabs him with a trowel, thinking he's like a monster. And he's like, it's you. And she's like, it's you. I. But maybe I picked up on that wrong.
1: Is, is he, are you talking about the main guy that like the, is in the guy that's at the start of the film? Sorry? So, so, well, I, I, yeah, we're, let's. Ignore this because I I don't know. Yeah. If, okay. Anyway, I I never picked up on what you are talking about, oh, so it's hard for me to try and yeah, yeah figure out who the guy is. I remember she stabbed the guy, but I just can't remember him being relevant. But anyway, yeah, uh, that would be interesting. Yeah,
0: I could be wrong though, but anyway, um, no, that wouldn't make sense actually because his job would be to keep her a virgin then, I suppose, wouldn't it? <laughs> um.
1: Well, isn't the thing because like so in the 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 trope in early movies is like or the trope i guess it culturally is the sacrifice of virgin but in this film they're going on her movie rules so the trope would be that the virgin is the only one to live
0: yeah exactly the virgin survives because it's basically the horror movie genre of these like teens in uh, in a camp or
1: whatever oh. so
0: it's the ones who drink. the virgin
1: just has to suffer yeah it's but the, she gets to survive it's crunching. the
0: ones who have sex and drink and smoke and steal all get punished for doing those things essentially yeah yeah and the virgin survives
1: um, now so he's here's the thing is this film set in our universe or its own like pocket universe where horror movies don't exist um i think it very much exists in the buffy universe <laughs> to be honest (laughs) but most people don't know what the Buffy universe is if the choice is our universe or it's own pocket universe that can be the Buffy universe which is it um do do, are they familiar with horror movies in this film
0: Stoner dude definitely is right so I think well is
1: he or is he just using logic yeah, it's hard to tell. But
0: his whole thing is like, oh, don't read the Latin. Like, you better not read that. Because he obviously knows about horror. Like, that's the horror
1: trope. Right. So does that mean that the monsters that they have in their facility are real monsters they've tracked down? Or have they created them? I think they've tracked them down. I think that's... So that means the horror movies exist in this universe, but are somehow based on real monsters that exist? I guess so, <laughs> See, that's where it starts to fall apart. I'm not sure yeah, yeah. Of where this movie kind of fits in the, because, like, you take, like, all the, we see all the artifacts when they go into the cellar. And then later in the film, when they go into the facility, we see them up close. Like, we see, they're, like, cheap substitutes for famous monsters. Like, we see the, the we see Hellraiser, not Hellraiser, I can't or remember. Pinhead. Yeah. Pinhead what are they called i was gonna say a deadite but that's even a, a, a
0: xenobite no
1: yeah that sounds right yeah we see pinhead anyway essentially yeah, but he's so like
0: it... circular saw head <laughs>
1: yeah yeah exactly so does that mean in this universe does the hellraiser series exist and they just happen to find uh, real? a creature very like him Or (laughs) does Hellraiser not exist in this universe? And this is essentially just Hellraiser is real, and this is our like the version we can't be sued for that we're just throwing them in there. Yeah, it's kind of a. I kind of go with the latter. You see, I think that
0: it's a universe without those types of horror slasher movies or horror movies.
1: Yeah, like maybe it has some, but but, ah, you see, it's hard because like so we see that the the corporation that are running this. That they've got bases all over the world, and we see their feed of other countries, and it's all like culturally appropriate stuff. So we see yeah. that in Stockholm. uh, The sim, we'll just call them. I know they're not simulations, but I don't know what else to call they're them. They're rituals. They were calling them. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the ritual they're running is like simulating the thing. John Carpenter's the thing, which yeah. is set in norway-ish well certainly antarctic but set in like just above norway so that makes sense for for that region and then they show madrid and they're doing like a dracula like scenario uh japan obviously are doing a koto ghost so like ring the ring films and they show some like i guess polynesian island and they're doing like a king kong yeah. like we see a woman like like at the gates of kong yeah <laughs> uh, which probably actually make the most like to skip ahead to the end if if we put ourselves in the scenario that we're running uh a ritual like this the king kong scenario is the safest bet that you'll get oh definitely <laughs> like how that doesn't win every year is beyond me but anyway um so they're doing my point is anyway they were doing things that are like her movie stuff that are Typical culturally yeah. significant to those countries yeah uh and that would imply that well then the her movies must exist in that universe and that's why they're culturally significant i guess oh so they've created the monsters you think um well i think because those monsters were real that that's what created the legends that then oh, okay. inspired yeah, yeah. the films yeah so that so that makes me think that the the creatures are real yeah, and they've just trapped them and keep them locked up until they're needed kind of. Yeah, that to
0: me that makes the most
1: sense. Another question that leaves me too. So when they read the Latin from the book, does that actually resurrect the zombies or is that just the signal for the corporation to send the elevator up with the zombies?
0: Yeah, I thought that as well. And then the other thing I thought is the so the zombies first attack the blonde bimbo character and chris hemsworth's jock character um i think they call him the warrior is the archetype they're going after yeah and but we learn then that there's a specific order everyone has to be sacrificed in but if they're just uncontrollable zombies how do they know they're going to kill them in the right order
1: I think that comes down to how they pick out their... That they think they just pick out the perfect... I think that's why the other ones fail. Yeah. Because if you had enough control over it that there wasn't an order, there's no reason any sacrifice wouldn't work out for you. Because they're in... They have complete control over this. Yeah. Even though they pretend they do the jigsaw thing where like, oh, they have to make the choices for themselves. Clearly they don't. You make all the choices. Yeah, but the only way the the other rituals could fail is if the order is messed with. Yeah, which is the big problem with this. Yeah, yeah. and and we didn't mention that. So the idea is that all uh, w- with this, all the other countries comp- uh, doing their sacrifices have failed for the first time ever. So it's down to this one American corporate. Oh shit! You froze. Yeah, you did as well. Um did you hear everything i said though? Yeah, i did, yeah, yeah. yeah. You just went. So so it's down to this one th- these are the last guys that can appease the gods so they have to make sure the sacrifice works. But that anyway that implies to me that it like the order is the only thing that could be fucked with to that degree where every country fails
0: this year. Yeah, the whole thing is they have to go and be killed in a very specific order and
1: uh What what do you think Ireland's ritual is in this universe? Oh. a good one Killer Leprechaun surely I was going to say Banshees
0: or Killer um, Leprechaun
1: if it was an American movie they would have us do the Killer Leprechaun but realistically yeah it'd probably be it'd be a Banshee or it'd be one of like a Changeling maybe
0: yeah I was going to say or like a Silky or something uh, yeah which is basically a mermaid
1: but it's uh... the fucking the whole Irish mythology and the new the good people and stuff there's so many monsters you could actually pluck from (laughs) It actually, it'd be the best, we'd, we'd actually end up fucking winning every year. There's so, <laughs> there's so many, like, monsters in our folklore. <laughs> We've got ones. And, and they of... all take, they all take the form of an attractive woman. So they're going to trap everybody. That seems to
0: be a big, yeah. It's uh, it's, that's a good part of Irish legends. This is it's like being trapped by a beautiful woman, essentially. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. But is that also, that's just like, be afraid of hot women. Essentially, it's yeah. the moral of that story. And that's even, that's pre-Catholicism. That's like th- Celtic mythology.
0: That's I think the mythology is marry your ugly cousin and just get on with it. It's a small island. <laughs> You're never going to meet the perfect, beautiful woman. There's a small island. There's over 10 million people living on it. You're going to have to marry your ugly cousin. Uh, oh, wait, here comes a famine. Now there's only 2 million of us. It's grand. It's fine. <laughs> anyway. Um,
1: and that's Irish, like Irish history. Irish history summed up in two minutes by yeah. Shane. Oh, fuck, is that the English? Um, sorry. <laughs> I went off on a tangent there. But what were you saying before I. I know you just talked about how they
0: have to be killed in a very specific order, and that whether the virgin lives or dies is irrelevant. It's more that she has to be the last one
1: at the yeah, end and yeah. stuff. She's the final girl, which is the trope yeah. from every horror movie. Yeah. Um, Texas Chancel Massacre the 13th, Halloween everything final girl yeah. scream scream well scream. scream scream does the well scream is like cabin in the woods it's a yeah, satire yeah. of her movies yeah. so she turns out not to be the final girl but,
0: but yeah. so this this movie does a funny thing where so all the characters are being manipulated by pheromones and then obviously set pieces and all that kind of stuff mm. and they even have a thing after the the Chris Hemsworth's girlfriend is killed. Then they he he runs back to the cabin and they go in together, and he's like, "We got to stick together, and we all got to go in one place and be safe together." Yeah, yeah, And then the control room guys are like, "Fuck, fuck, fuck, fuck," because obviously they have to kill them in the specific order. We don't know that yet at that point. Yeah, yeah. but and then so he walks some. Yeah, he but he they pump some <laughs> magical chemical that makes no sense at all. That just makes yeah. him go. Actually, second thought. We should split up covers more ground. And I was yeah. kind of going, what was the chemical? Because they're talking about pheromones <laughs> and stuff. Um, but I suppose him getting suddenly a boost of testosterone and trying to be the man would make... That's it. I, and I assume
1: but, that's it. It's just like a boost of testosterone. So it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah okay. we need to split up. But I do love that because like, it's a film about like kind of... I wouldn't say it's mocking. A lot of people have... I've seen like reviews and just like message boards and stuff. Talking about how this is like a a send-up of the horror genre and making fun of it, yeah. But I don't like. I think it's a loving homage to. Oh, it is definitely. Like, it's not. It's not saying that these films are crap (laughs) or anything because they follow these tropes. It's just acknowledging the tropes and putting a spin on it. I'm not sure where I was going with that. I just wanted to point it out.
0: But where where was going because it's really relevant. Is then the next person? So there's stoner dude he starts to figure out that it's like there's something's not right because because like that Chris Hemsworth's character is isn't acting the way he should be and he even points yeah. out he is a, a philosophy major and he's this like really yeah, intelligent he he's guy. a
1: philosophy major on an academic scholarship and suddenly he's calling his best friend an egghead
0: yeah that's, that's the exact line and he's acting all jockey and he's
1: macho. yeah yeah
0: real being real macho and stuff and he's, he's like,
1: wearing a varsity hoodie, or yeah, jacket, and jacket. So,
0: so the stoner guy's like, something's not right here. And then he goes into his room and he knocks over a lap and he basically finds like it's either a camera or a microphone on a wire or something. Yeah, and he starts following the wire, and then he gets taken by the the zombie hillbillies and is attacked and killed. And at that moment, I went, ah, oh, I thought he was going to live because of the character he was playing. Yeah. And I was like that's a bit disappointing.
1: So what's going to happen? So then well because the the trope would be the that, that he would come back. Is that what yeah. you
0: Yeah. Well no, I just thought the trope would be he would be that he would die maybe sacrifice himself for the final girl at the end or something is what I thought.
1: That's um, yeah, like in, in most in the films that they're mocking he would get taken out early. Yeah, and then it'd be revealed in the in the very end that he survived and with his dying breath saved the.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Person. Yeah. Um, but you wouldn't see him between those. He'd like he'd he'd burst in, covered in blood, and die within thirty seconds. Exactly, you know, yeah, and save yeah. the final girl at the last minute or whatever, and, um, or he'd shoot the bad guy and then fall to his knees and die, or you know that'd be the kind of, um. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, "Oh, I didn't think they'd kill him next." And then, so then, the characters decide, "Do you know what? Let's just get the fuck out of here." So they get into the RV, and that's um, and then there's a bit of delay and shenanigans and everything, but eventually it's the the cave in happens at the the tunnel. And so all we
1: talked about at the start, yeah, yeah. And, and this is, we didn't say what the scene was that we loved, but
0: but then the scene we love happens, which is they're trying to figure out how to get over the other side of this canyon it's not that wide like it's wide enough though
1: yeah so like the the, the cave the what they drove through is completely caved through. but yeah. like there is a there's a chance that they could get to the other side
0: yeah and it's chris hemsworth's characters he's on his he has his um dirt bike dirt bike i was gonna say scrambler but it's dirt bike um and he thinks he can, in Ireland. Yeah, yeah. He he knows he can make the jump. He's made jumps like that bigger all the time and all that stuff. So they have this big build up. But we already know because we've seen it. Yeah, cause we know. Because like, as the viewer, us. there's
1: not in shock in here at all. You're just like, oh, this is, and it's you're just so waiting
0: for It's such a long build up. It's brilliantly real. I think it's the best part of this film.
1: No, that's an incredible scene.
0: And he just. He does his big hero speech, which then got on their own in Red Dawn and then made him hope. the... Or yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going
1: to get out of here. I'm going to bring back the military. Yeah, he's like, we're even, gonna... even if I wipe
0: out, I'm going to crawl to get help and everything. Like, he's so yeah. brilliant. And then he goes in the motorbike and they just splats into it like a bird hitting the window.
1: <laughs> he just hits the force field and it lingers on his body, just it just falls and hits it hits the force field more and more as he falls oh, yeah. it's brilliant. and the friends are just looking on in her yeah. like he's annihilated like yeah. <laughs> and you wonder like does he die straight away when he hits that is he is does the electric shock kill him or does he like face plant and break his neck oh and I then, think he's like... dead straight away I think he's just okay he's
0: splatted like he... there's no chance See, it's
1: funnier if he's just like kind of in shock and breaks his neck and then is like still hitting as he falls. Yeah. <laughs> it's shot so well. Like, it's so funny. It's the funniest death scene ever. The speech that leads up to it, everything about yeah. it. It's such a great scene. Because there's
0: there's absolutely no illusion that he'll make it like the way it's written and set up.
1: No, like fantastic. we... He's so sure of it. His friends are like, yeah, you can do this. And we, the viewer, are like, We we know that there's an invisible force field there. Like we know that this is going to end. He's going to die. It's brilliant. It's such a good, it's such a good scene. It's brilliant. And it shows why like the best, and again, maybe like this is why they've done it. One of the big complaints with like horror movies is that they're predictable. And I, 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 part of me kind of hates that when people say it's predictable. It's like, I mean, I knew how The Sopranos would end. Not gonna spoil it because I know (laughs) there's people listening to the podcast that are only watching it for the first time. But like there's certain stories where like, well you know that there's only one way these stories can go. And just because you know that, that doesn't hurt the actual telling of it.
0: No, because it's about foreshadowing and it's about you know, you know, a character can only only has one direction in life, but it's about seeing them get there. And yeah, like, that. like yeah. It, that's more interesting. You know?
1: I don't like predictable. Like w- w- to me, when things are like too predictable, when it's like you know just how a character is going to react to everything. Yeah, um, maybe that's a bad, maybe not even that. But I,
0: but I think a lot of horror movies play with that, where you know, typical thing of a. Character is sneaking around a dark house, and the tension and the music builds up, and they're turning a corner, and then there's nothing there. Yeah, yeah. You know, and but you think you think the killer is going to be around that corner, and then, and then it turns out the killer's behind
1: them the other way, and or yeah, you know, exactly. but um, and and that then that becomes a trope in itself because that yeah. becomes the false jump scare.
0: Yeah, which is brilliant, but that's the joy of horror movies. It's, yeah, it's like it, they're meant to be. A roller coaster in a way you know
1: yeah Um but I, I guess what i was mainly getting at is sometimes doing the most predictable thing possible is the most entertaining thing because yeah. if you build it up where the characters don't know it's predictable and you're just watching it waiting for it like that can be amazing do
0: you know do you know what it is in this case is almost a case of it's the audience feel clever when they're not at all <laughs>
1: Yeah, I get uh, Yeah, that's And it's it. that
0: satisfaction.
1: Actually, just going away from the actual story for a minute. So as a kind of satire of the horror genre, how would you rate it compared to Scream? Like, which do you think done a better job? Ooh,
0: I'm going to say Scream because Scream goes after one part that goes after the slasher. Movie, yeah, yeah. Where that's, this, that's a fair this, point. Yeah, yeah, this tries to go after everything. Yeah, and in it goes too far, and then that's its downfall. I think. Yeah, in a way, and you I guess. I mean? But also, that's the concept. So it's kind of, ugh,
1: you I know, I know. I think it works for Cabin in the Woods. I do think, I think Cabin in the Woods had a came out five years earlier. Yeah. Would have probably been better. I think the problem is that I think I even said this. Like I done like a a, a video a few years ago for our YouTube channel on the Hol- on the Halloween franchise. Oh yeah. And I made the point that there's there's so many horror movies now that are parodying the tropes of her movies that they they in themselves have become tropes. Yeah, like but- I can't remember the last time I actually saw a horror movie where they had the jock character and a nerd character and, you know, the final girl being a virgin. I, I can't, I honestly can't tell you the last time. I oh, saw I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. They've done that. But I've seen like dozens that have made parrot or made like not parodies, but like satires and made like subvert your expectations because, Oh, the jock isn't a jock. Yeah. yeah. Like now every, every her movie is a fucking, satire of a horror movie from the 80s and i feel like well most people most especially like horror is most popular with young audiences like yeah. teenagers going on dates and stuff they probably haven't fucking seen the original horror movies these are all parodying yeah so it's like what trope are you even like you're just creating a new trope
0: yeah i know i mean it, it's become a trope itself yeah yeah i suppose then suddenly so the next guy is killed and then it's the final girls by yourself and you're kind of i was kind of going but there's got to be, like, another hour left on this movie. <laughs> oh, <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, well, that's the thing. So so after Chris Hemsworth dies, uh, they try to escape. It turns out, like, one of the cannibal hillbilly family, the daughter, I think, ha- is in the RV. She kills the... What's the...
0: One of them, yeah. It's not the girl. It's another one. Yeah.
1: Oh, it's an... oh, yeah, you're right, actually. But anyway, she kills, or they kill the... Best friend of Chris Hemsworth that was there to hook up with her. Also he dies at in which is very clever too. He dies in the order that the black character dies in every slasher movie. <laughs> <laughs> um and she's sent the RV crashes into, into the, water, the yeah. into the water and she's trapped under there.
0: How does she get out? She just breaks Through the sunroof or the Yeah. And yeah. um, she gets in the dock and she's getting the shit beaten out of her by um one of the zombies I don't, I don't think it's even it's a, the other one who you think she'd already killed earlier and yeah. like all the the guys in the facility the corporation guys are all celebrating because everything's gone in perfect order and it doesn't yeah. matter whether she lives or dies and they even explain that to another
1: character when she's the final girl it doesn't, it doesn't, yeah. doesn't matter And like, she's the final girl she can die now or she can die of a heart attack when she's 40 yeah. it doesn't matter and, and that's where I
0: thought they were gonna go a really different way then with this movie because in the screen and screens on the background, you just see a big pool of blood hit like the decking that she's on, and I thought, on our way after us following these characters, they're gonna kill her off screen, and then, like we're not gonna actually see her death. I thought we would just then would just see a shot of her dead on the ground or something. You know, what I mean? after you're right. rooting for this girl, and then I thought. Now it's going to go really unpredictable and I don't know what's going to happen.
1: Oh, it's like going to fucking switch to another country or something like that. Yeah, I didn't know
0: what was going to happen at that point. And I thought, wow, suddenly she's not relevant anymore because that's the story, which is the whole story, is that she isn't relevant anymore. And then suddenly they get a call and it's suggested something else is up and then it turns out the stoner guy wasn't killed and he comes back and saves her and he pulls her down into the grave where the and it turns out it's actually an a elevator shaft and all yeah
1: where where the zombies rose up from but it's actually the elevator that sends them up because yeah, of yeah. course they're stored in the corporation which brings us back to what i asked earlier are they actually resurrected by the book or is that i know that's I, for the that's where i was kind of like oh this is what yeah I that don't get really it. doesn't really tie together I, for me. Yeah. Maybe I'm dumb. Maybe there's something, maybe we both are, maybe they explained that, but I just... I don't
0: think they explained it, I think. It's, no, I don't.
1: I, I'm pretty confident they don't.
0: But to but to the guys in the facility, the way it's played is, they, so she reads from the book and then the guys in the facilities because they're all betting on what monster it'll be. And then when it turns out to be that we didn't family... Mention that part. Sorry, but yeah, That's yeah. very funny that the, the
1: people working for the company every year they have to do this ritual. So as you would do in any work environment, they have a pool, betting pool yeah. on which monster is going to be resurrected by the the teens and and your man of the two main guys he really wants to see a merman and yeah he's been working he's been working there for like 30 years and he hasn't seen the merman yet and he just really wants so every year he bets on the merman because he just really wants to see one
0: and at one point chris hems when they're in the basement start chris hemser picks up the the shell the conch and and the conch and he's about to blow on it and then she starts reading from the book and (laughs) and And then when she does start reading the book, he's like, he was a bag to blow on the hand. It's great. It's really good. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, really, it's a really good character. And I off.
1: fucking, I love that actor. As well. He's brilliant. He's, so he's the guy
0: from West Wing. Yeah, yeah. He's great in West Wing. Um, favorite
1: character. He's in.
0: He, anything he's in, him. I like. I like him in anything I see him in. Yeah,
1: yeah he's just really good. He's, he's, yeah, I don't know why he is. He's,
0: he's um, if you watched uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, it's a sitcom. No, plays, I, I'm very aware of it. But he plays know. um the main character's dad in it, and he's just this dickhead, and he's just really good. It's just being. It's funny. I, I saw
1: something <laughs> recently as a dickhead, and I was very shocked by it. But
0: yeah, because I just remember him from The West Wing being like one of the best characters, kind of he, yeah, good yeah guy. He, anyway. he's,
1: he's you. He's the audience.
0: Yeah, yeah. The West Wing because he's the one. He's like, what the fuck's going on? Explain this to me and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, the I love that, that he's just, like, so annoyed that, like, Chris Hemsworth had the hot conch and was about to do it. And um, but so, yeah, it kind of... But they don't seem to be controlling at that point when it happens, when the, the zombie family come up. It doesn't seem like they've pressed a button for them to come out of the facility. Yeah. It seemed, to me, it was that that family were buried on that ground. And there is... So, when that book sweat did come up out of the ground. So, then the, the elevator reveal is a bit. Do you know what? The whole elevator concept is probably the stupidest part of this movie. Yeah. That kind of lost it for me, I think, because it, it doesn't really work. And then to me, it made more sense that there is a merman at the bottom of the lake that can only be awoken by the conch. It makes sense that there's the zombies are buried in the ground, they can only be brought up by this phrase in the book. You know, like to me, that made more sense. Yeah, yeah. And that there's whatever other spirits in the ground or in the lake or in the, the rocks or whatever, like that they just come up out of something that's relevant to them rather than yeah, they're all in yeah. glass cages in a the facility.
1: That's exactly, that's how I felt. And I understand like the reason they've done it that way is just so as they could have complete chaos ensue at the end.
0: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it kind of doesn't really tie together. I think it's almost like they just wanted that visual of all the monsters in all the cages.
1: Which yeah, is done, which, which looks because of... shit as well. <laughs> well, yeah. it's, yeah, like, I mean, it's a relatively low budget for know, that yeah. type of a shot, I guess. But yeah, so they, they go into the facility and they see all these, like every fucking horror movie monster you've ever seen. The evil clown, the... yeah. We see like even slasher film characters. There's a group of essentially the strangers. From yeah, the film yeah. The strangers. So there's like a group in one of the cubes with like porcelain masks and stuff. There's like a creepy
0: little ballet girl who's like a some sort of. She's just got teeth. Her whole face just like yeah. sucky teeth, like a vampire or some kind. And uh, there's a giant like monster bash thing, and um, yeah.
1: And there's, that, there's... that actually looks pretty great. I thought the bat, the yeah, monster yeah. bat looked really good.
0: There's there's some really funny in the the wide shot where you see all the cages, the way they mo- they're they moving around and stuff. And it's like the shot of all the cages. One of them is just a giant
1: kitten. <laughs> <So> <laughs> yeah. there, there's a few, there's fo- there's there's few funny really funny like ones that, in like there. The unicorn, like the unicorn death scene is great. That's fantastic. But now, so... Also, I've just realized if people have not seen this movie, yeah, it this must be batshit to listen to. I was thinking the same thing because, <laughs> like, I think what like we've done a good job of summarizing what happens. Well, yeah. just listening back, this sounds like the ramblings of a madman. <laughs> if you haven't actually seen the film, like it makes yeah. no, it makes fucking no sense. But so you sh- should probably just watch the film. I guess yeah. is what I'm saying.
0: Maybe we'll put a disclaimer for the start to say <laughs> Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. You I should might really that, watch actually. this one Um but I think we're at the point now where we have to put ourselves in the scenario. Yeah. So what kind of scenarios would we set up to sacrifice some college kids to the <laughs> ancient ones?
0: <laughs> you're going <laughs> uh, You're going back to the um Rickerman the Wickerman. theory. I like that that's our approach to Halloween this year.
1: <laughs> so we're at the back of- no this is like this is the new rule Treehouse of Her rules where yeah. we get to be the villains for even uh, though we didn't yeah. do that with Evil Dead we should have but um, no but I think this makes more sense. let's be honest <laughs> if you and I were going on our traditional Halloween picnic and we're like oh, you know Shane my cousin has a cabin in the woods let's yep. go up there let's have our custard cream versus bourbon annual battle off there this year and we're on our way there and we stop to get fuel and we just get spat on by some hick and he calls one of us the (laughs) n-word i'd just be like maybe should we just go home and that and that'd be it because i'd be like we just because we were looking for that's the thing they're looking for directions for this guy i'd just be like you know we just we just told this guy where we're staying and now i learned that he's a redneck racist he's definitely going to kill us. Even though he doesn't come back into the story, I would just assume this man is going to come and kill us as we sleep. Yeah. So I'd be like, yeah, let's go home. Let's park the RV up somewhere else. and have Yeah. Because picnic. now
0: I'm not afraid of um, trees raping me in the woods anymore. Now I'm afraid of that guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like there's a lot of red flags set off very early in this film. And I noticed the point of the film, that yeah. they're taking the piss out of that. But like in a real life scenario, if you were a bunch of college students going off to this cabin and you got that kind of hostile treatment just while getting fuel, you'd be like, Yeah, maybe we shouldn't go here. Yeah. <laughs> like imagine you rent you rent an Airbnb somewhere and on your way there you start getting racial abuse by like a fucking a guy pumping gas. Yeah. <laughs> You'd probably be like, eh, hey, this doesn't seem like a nice place to have a holiday.
0: Yeah, exactly. Even if we're just going to go get really drunk in
1: the cabin. <laughs> yeah. But my point is that this means that we should probably be the ones overseeing the yeah. the execution. Oh, definitely. Not the ritual, the execution. Let's call it what it is. I think we just kill them ourselves. Like I don't know. I think I said this earlier, but... That's that's one of my problems with this film, where they do that whole thing where it's like, oh, we just we just set up the scenarios; they have to make the choices for themselves. It's they, but they
0: be, don't. They say something like they have to be temp- tempted or something. I don't know. It's, um, yeah, they, basically, we the offer treasure like room temptation. Of stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah, we offer up this the temptation or whatever, and they have to make the choice. But that's bullshit because they're pumping them full full of drugs. Yeah. So by that logic, like I mean. That excuses date rape, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Like But it does. Like they literally drug people to get them to make decisions they wouldn't otherwise make. But like So,
0: so essentially can you justify right justify that. So let's put it this way.
1: Well technically Jigsaw never killed anybody. Yeah.
0: So, <laughs> so my grandfather and your grandfather uh discover definitively that these ancient gods are real and they need they will destroy all of humanity if once a year they don't sacrifice five archetype characters mm. uh who are young because it all has to be about youth it's power okay. and all this kind okay. of stuff. and so they set up a tradition and it's passed down to our families and then it's finally it's your and my turn um so, if, crack. so we, we know definitively that these gods exist and that they will destroy humanity if we don't do this. So then of course we're just gonna kill these teenagers. I get the whole yeah, thing I'm luring them out to the location and giving them like that, even giving them the warning, maybe you still have to have that. They have to be they have to make the choice to go there. The same way in the Wicker Man, he had to he had to f- willingly go to the place of yeah, sacrifice. Yeah. Um,
1: good callback. Yeah,
0: uh, I was listening to the episode <laughs> today, <laughs> um, and I realized oh that relates to this. Okay, Um so then and we just we killed him too much there. We just killed him in order. <laughs> we We just do the strangers on them like
1: you know what i mean but going back to that this is why i said i said earlier that this is why the king Kong, because we see that there's like a polynesian island i don't even know if it's where is skull island i don't know wherever skull island is we see a version of like king kong happening on the feed and this is why i think that's the best option because i think you could conceivably say that we're not encouraging them all that much with king kong like if you set up you want the, the the format to um how do i say this if you want it to unfold the way to appease the ancient gods yeah obviously so we see in this island they're doing like a king kong scenario so obviously that meets the criteria that is the easiest scenario to work out because all you need to say is legendary island there might be some monsters there, and that's it. Mo- a lot of people will just be like, "Well, I want to see that." and you don't need to do anything after that <laughs> yeah. you don't need to pump you don't need to pump anybody with fucking steroids or fucking pheromones. Lead them to the island to see the giant monsters. The giant monsters kill them. That's it. That's all you need to do. Obviously, the order of how they die, you might need to like intervene in some way, but yeah. if you have an island of a tribe that worship this monster and they might sacrifice somebody to it that makes it a little easier too yeah, yeah. <laughs> i i just don't see how that scenario doesn't fucking win every time because yeah. there's no escape people are always gonna like if you hear legends even in our real world if we, if, if you and i were traveling like you and i we go on a trip We we, we go over to asia for like four weeks we're just traveling and some old man tells us, we're in a bar drinking with him some night and he tells us about a legend of an island where there's like giant monsters. We're like, that's insane, but I want to go to that island just to hear yeah. how crazy the locals are. Yeah, yeah. And you would just go there. Like, it'd be so easy to get that would people be, to
0: go there. Your job would be to keep that rumor being spread. And the yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. It's like so you, easy. That's literally, the easiest scenario.
0: Like, we'd be sitting in a basement like that been on like web forums as a pretending to be a bunch of different users talking about it and spreading yeah yeah to yeah. people yeah on a cryptozoology like forums and stuff and just talking about but posting so called evidence like you be you be going there and taking really blurry photos of the monster over stuff and then, and then posting them online. The,
1: and you, you might have the opposite problem where you're trying to like hide the rumor if people keep talking about this. They will go there off season and not see a monster, and then a, that will like ruin the legend. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's all happened. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I just feel like the King Kong scenario is the easiest one if you're just trying to like eliminate people as a sacrifice, setting yeah. up a fake King Kong scenario.
0: And as well, well, not fake, but I think, I think the whole, I suppose, almost the micromanagement of the whole thing with the pheromones and setting it all up and stuff appears to be exclusively just how the american ones do it yeah yeah, when you see the other scenarios because even like the one we see the most of is the the japanese girls and it's it literally looks like someone just like locked a classroom or like they put a bunch of girls into a classroom set that they trapped them in and then unleashed a ghost there that would kill them all yeah and the uh, girls
1: figured out the spell to to put the ghost to rest. Yeah, because it's a
0: schoolyard poem for peace or whatever it was. Like, yeah. You know, it's, um, this, uh, yeah, exactly. There is all the others seem to be actually just be they just trapped a bunch of people in a room with a monster. <laughs> yeah. Where the American one is, they did lots of leading, and they did, yeah they go wait, it's over manufactured and over the top, and through it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which is probably quite deliberate. But there's no, like, that's the thing, like, it's bullshit for them to say that they don't force them to make choices, that they just, like, nudge them along and the choice is up to them. That's bullshit.
0: But the, And they also seem to be the only ones who have the very specific ritual of those archetypes and what order they have to be killed in and all that kind of stuff. That seems to be their... Because even... Well, yeah because like, it'd be it'd be different movies.
1: for different cultural yeah. different cultures wouldn't have the the last virgin trope yeah like, that's yeah. a that's an american horror yeah. movie invention
0: or is it has it not been stuff of legends for thousands of years john <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh.
1: when you when you think of other like famous horror movies outside of america is it a female lead usually we think the last one we done was well evil dead isn't actually evil dead is fucking a male yeah uh, but usually it's a female. It's the it's the last girl trope. But in British horror movies, it's normally like a male. I was just gonna guy. say, I
0: haven't watched Wicker Man recently. Then is the other one, we'd. Um, I think it mostly comes from Halloween, as in like yeah, I, Halloween I guess movies.
1: The thing is, American movies kind of invented the horror genre as we know it. Anyway, so because, well, I'm just going trying to decide. The I'm trying to
0: think, like even Friday the Thirteenth, like Jason. Or he's, it's, I don't think there even is final girls in, and I'm trying to remember oh, there,
1: well in the first one there is yeah. but then she just doesn't return so
0: yeah it's, that's probably and then it's not even him it's his mum he's killing yeah.
1: everyone and stuff that's our, but typically, typically it is, is a final girl in American movies anyway yeah. yeah I don't think it's the case elsewhere but they kind of invented the horror genre as far as cinema goes anyway
0: so. oh definitely yeah yeah, loads more happens in this movie we didn't even get into. It's just fun. But I, think uh, we, I
1: think we touched on, I think we actually, surprisingly, because we haven't actually been recording too long compared to other episodes. Yeah. I think we touched on most of it. I think it's just one of those films where... you got to go watch it. Like it's just, you got to go watch it, but also I'm not sure what else we do because the whole idea is that, well, like, it's it's hard for us to talk about what, what I do in this scenario because the film is about what you what an actual person should do in this scenario. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you and I were to make a film based on episodes we've made in the past, this would be it. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's taken the piss out of tropes and I scenarios from, so like, how, how can we, how can we make fun of this? Cause if, if we're the the college kids in this scenario, I feel like we survive because we would get the fuck out of there, but then they would find some way to force you into the scenario. And then it just becomes a case. It's like surviving any horror movie then, because yeah. you're just fighting a, a cannibal fucking zombie hillbilly tribe. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's like what we talked about on the Evil Dead, where it's just, it'd be a matter of fighting. De- like if you can fight them off, you will avoid being sacrificed. And it, it's the same. It seems like the 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 rules we talked about with the Deadites and Evil Dead applies to them, that, yeah. where it's just like, cut them up. Like, because yeah, nothing kills learned, them, nothing stops them so just cut them up Yeah, what I've learned with the both for this and the evil dead, your best weapon is probably, and you won't have this on hand, but maybe this is what you should add to your bug out bag a fucking samurai sword <laughs> just something that can like do a clean sweep and cut off once you de-limbs limb, yeah. once you cut off the limbs of these kinds of creatures, you're happy out but in the more likely scenario where we're actually overseeing this, yeah, uh, I think we'd, we, I think like uh you and I, if we're like CEOs of this company, <laughs> we're we're the ones getting the the gold star every year. I think we could come up with much better scenarios. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good idea.
0: But also, I, every, every now and then, we just get to kill some teenagers because it's fun.
1: Or... Well, I mean, I see them both as one and the same. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all my scenarios would involve killing teenagers, but no, I I feel like we, we would, uh, we would do a much better job at making sure, because I don't like even the shit of when they go into the basement and have all the artifacts of different creatures and it's like, oh, well, whichever one they pick up and blow on or read from that, that's what they resurrect. Yeah. Why do we even need to do that? Just leave one book down there. And they will read from, the, like, yeah. if you leave one item there, that's the one they're going to grab. You don't need to leave fucking a hundred items. And
0: and they even make the point of, I can't remember whatever the, the name of the family of the, the zombie hillbilly family it's is. It's like
1: the, the Book tier. Uh, Buck- Buckners, yeah. is it? Like the Bookners. The
0: Bookners, that's it. The Buckners. And they say, um, and they go, oh, it's the Bookners. And I think they even say, oh, it's the Bookners again. Well, they do have a 100% clearance rate. As in, <laughs> They seem to be the most common one that are picked.
1: Which makes sense, to be
0: fair. And, because it's the book or whatever. Then I thought, like, then why do you need all this other shit?
1: Because like? for the Hellraiser character to have, yeah, like, the puzzle box. Like, well, who's going to pick up the puzzle box and try and solve it? Because if it's following the Hellraiser rules, which I assume it is, that's meant to be a difficult puzzle. Yeah. Like, so, why why have that there? Yeah. Just have the fucking la- the book of the dead... Yeah, just, the, Latin, the just Evil Dead
0: book. Evil Dead. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: if you walk into a basement and there's not another than one book with some Latin in it, you're more inclined to read that than you are to like fucking solve some ancient puzzle. Yeah. <laughs> and um, but again, I think the King Kong scenario is just that's realistically that's I, gonna win it. Every I day.
0: love that idea that you're you're playing the crazy guy in a bar telling tourists about this island that has a monster in it. And warning them about it because you're actually trying to sacrifice them to an ancient god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're—it's not that you're—you're so you're actually sending them there rather than. Yeah,
1: you're trying to fill them with enough fear that it's like, oh, this is a scary adventure, but yeah, enough yeah, yeah. that they still want to go on it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a fine line. So your your job is to be the crazy old man in a bar in
1: Thailand or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> this exists. The ancient gods exist, and they need a sacrifice. And the corporation who runs this come to us, and they're like Johnny and Shane. You've been talking about this stuff for like five years now. You don't get anywhere near the attention you deserve, as a lot of reviews have pointed out. <laughs> uh, going forward, what kind of scenarios would you recommend we do? Do you have any?
0: Oh, man, I feel so unprepared
1: for that question. Just do Jaws. Oh,
0: that's a good idea.
1: And that wasn't in, like, again, and I know I've had arguments with people on our Discord and on Twitter about this. Jaws is 100% a horror movie. Yeah. But that wasn't referenced in this at all. But Jaws is, like, that'd be one of the easier ones to work out. Like, you set up a, a big 4th of July party. You yeah, a bunch of drunk college students there. The order it might be difficult to kill them in order that the ancient gods require, but I feel like there's a lot there's a lot to be said for Jaws.
0: I think the issue there is so say you five them and three of them are killed in the water and two get out, they're never getting back in that water. So then you gotta figure out a way to kill the other two. You know what I mean? It's kind of
1: True, true, yeah, yeah. You're limited
0: to and easily escape. So anyone, right? that, yeah, you're right. It's kind of,
1: if they survive at all. Well, what, what if one of them survives, but, but their in- injuries are so bad that they, be- they become like a meth addict and they die, <laughs> <laughs> to die of an OD later in life? Does that, does that count? No, I guess they need to die that
0: year at least. Yeah, yeah. I think um maybe the merman one is the best one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well what about just a slasher film then like i was gonna like, i was gonna well, say yes yeah, like michael myers because most the order well here's the funny thing the order that it's based on is also michael myers like mo yeah so just unleash michael myers and he'll just kill them in order anyway where well, that's where i was going is you know it could just be
0: but then it's just a slasher movie and then it's then it's just so every year you and me are like Playing rock paper scissors as to who gets to be the slasher, you know? yeah. or, or do we go the scream route and we take turns? You know,
1: no, I think we'd go to scream route and work together because it's a bit more fun.
0: But you go with the combination, so you trap them in like that in a cabin or something, and then you have a bunch of like false walls and trapdoors and stuff that you you and me can go in and out of. So we oh. have the ability to go into and out of every room. So we would use those could- tricks.
1: You could also just find a psychopath killer who his MO is he kills people in sequence, yeah. and you give him the sequence to kill people, and he just does it. And you're yeah. like, well. Yeah. We had no involvement in this. We just told him the order of people and he done it You'd, of his own accord.
0: You don't even have to lower uh, the mate to the cabin then <laughs> Just send yeah, them to and their
1: base. <laughs> their choices in life, they chose to go to university in Michigan and that's where this killer happened to be. So therefore they chose this fate, which is about the choices these people get in this film. So uh, I think that'd be fair too. Yeah. So basically, we'd survive this because we could come up with really good ways to uh, kill people. See It's not a good way to end it. it? But look, I I think we survived this. I feel like I was kind of negative on this film early on. I do really like it. So I just want the people who recommended we do this episode, I just want you to know I do like the film. It's just uh, some of the joss whedon stuff i didn't like but
0: yeah because i do like a lot of his stuff like i really enjoy buffy and i really enjoy firefly and so but i just found this was just it's too much but i think as yeah. time has gone on his writing has become more his writing if that makes sense it's like he it's like he figured out what what he decided was his style and he's doubled down on it more in writing over the years the way like like yeah. I find I can't even watch the first Avengers movie
1: anymore. It's too see. It's funny because I'm kind of the opposite. Whereas, like, I typically I really don't like Joss Whedon's writing, and this is uh, it, this is more of an exception. Yeah. You know I liked Buffy when I was younger, but I really don't like Joss Whedon. Yeah, in general, like, yeah. <laughs> not even nothing got to do with writing. Just don't like him. Yeah, no, well, that's fair enough. But we survive as we always do. We always find a way. Usually, let's say we're in the. The shoes of the survivors. Would you? It's me and you, oh, yeah. and uh, the director. She explains the scenario. Would you like kill me to save the rest of the world? I uh, I don't know
0: because obviously I'd want to kill you. You know, like understand mm, well, just for the crack. Yeah, yeah. So, so from no, it. but okay. So from the moral question of okay, killing you saves the world, then I'd kill you, yeah. but. I'm also curious as to what happens if these gods come and destroy the world. So and that's where I'm torn. What,
1: what's actually interesting. So so Marty is the one that's given that choice where he can essentially kill himself, really. kill himself and the world is safe because the sacrifice has been made. And he doesn't. He doesn't do it. And a lot of people have commented that that makes him like a, a selfish character. We actually see very early in the film he as he's stoned before before the horror, any horror element even I starts. Say this, yeah. He talks about how society is crumbling and it needs a fresh start. Yeah. So he actually acts completely in character at the end.
0: Yeah. It's again, it's that great
1: foreshadowing that they have on this. It's, it's like, is this the world we, we live in? We're fucking sacrificing people to gods. Fuck it, we need a fresh start. Even though the fresh start is going to happen under these same ancient gods, yeah.
0: But they're they're going to fuck up the world, and there will be some. Assuming there will be, yeah. Assuming there'll be some remaining humans, and they'll start a whole new civilization and society. And I think that basically it needs to start over. You
1: know, I guess that's the lesson to be learned. Just uh stay true to your character yeah and have a nice apocalypse